You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. All right, tonight we'll read from 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13. We're going to read down to verse 17. This is one of those texts that were we not going through the chapter in a comprehensive fashion, I just probably would have assumed skip it because we've already had more than enough condemnation uh, of false teachers to know we don't want to follow that path. We don't want to be like those folks. And we know they're going to come to a very poor end. Yet Peter hasn't stopped in his description of their character, of their departure, and of their end. And to me, this section, is it, uh, it's not that it's that much different character than what we've read before. It's just maybe in the piling on of the gloom that to me this is just a set of bleak words of a bleak circumstance. And that inspiration would take the time to, in a nearly repetitive way, warn us of these things, uh, must be instructive. Uh, sometimes we need to deal with things that are dark and bleak and to see just how bad they are. So we already saw in verse 12 that these folks were just unreasoning animals, not thinking, creatures of instinct, doing wrong, suffering for their wrong. So we start, we take it up in the middle of chapter, or middle of verse 13 tonight. It says, they are stains and blemishes. You know, I think a lot of times, if I were to say things like that about folks, uh, some of the audience might get upset with me. Jay, you're kind of hard on those folks, but I'm just reading it. This is what Peter said. They are stains and blemishes. I don't think there's any complimentary way to take that, because it's just not. It's just terrible. These people are just a deformity. They are a blot. Uh, they are, they are a, a strain and a pull on our existence. Stains and blemishes. Reveling in their deceptions. They enjoy the wrong they're doing. As they carouse with you. They're making sport of you. They're, they're, they're getting perverse pleasure out of you. They are congratulating themselves for having so duped people, it seems, to follow in to what they say. And they're just getting their own selfish pleasures out of it. Even more of the selfish pleasure aspect in verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. This is the full-on do-it-all-the-time version of Matthew 5.27 of looking to lust, which is tantamount to adultery and condemned by Jesus. These guys just do it all the time. They are full up in it into their eyeballs. Their eyeballs don't ever do anything else. When Job said he made a covenant with his eyes not to look upon the young maidens, these guys have done just the opposite. They take every opportunity to look at the maidens, and not just them, but whoever, for their own selfish indulgence. So they never stop sinning. You know, when you you can sin in your mind... When you don't even have to act to sin, you can just sit there and dream up sin. There's no limit to it. And so they never cease. They never stop. They entice unstable souls. 
And so they corrupt others. Their heart is trained in greed. They are well exercised and well practiced. Just like the athlete well hones himself and his body to physical perfection, these people have honed and trained their hearts in how to exploit people and get more, and they are professional coveters. Accursed children. As I said, bleak words. Who can we compare these to? Forsaking the right way, they've gone astray. So at one point, these guys walked on the right path, forsaking the right way. I don't know if they walked on it very long or walked in it very true, but they, they were at the right place long enough to have forsaken it, maybe just long enough to have forsaken it, and gone astray, following who? Balaam. Following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Balaam, the wicked man, the wicked prophet, who he had enough integrity to know that he couldn't say things contrary to God's will, and he could not say a curse against Israel. So, for price, he taught the people of Moab how they could get Israel to curse themselves. And he taught the people then how to sin. That's Numbers 22. But he received a rebuke for his own transgression. For a dumb donkey, speaking with the voice of a man, restrained the madness of a prophet. It was actually God's mercy to have Balaam's donkey talk to him and and get him at least temporarily to stop sinning. But these people, it appears that God has let go their own way. And he's not sending the donkey for them to warn them. These people seem to be too far gone even for that. Balaam, at least, could be restrained temporarily. These folks seem to have passed that mark. So they are springs without water, mist driven by a storm, for whom black darkness is reserved forever. Springs without water. What good is a dry well? I mean, it's worse than no well at all, isn't it? It's a disappointment. It's something you set your hope on. It's something you thought would be refreshing. It's something you thought would be helpful. These people are just a constant disappointment. And they are misdriven by the storm. And you think, oh, we're going to get some rain. I see some clouds. And then they just blow away and they don't rain. What good is, the, what good is a cloud without the rain? <coughs> These folks are of no good. And so the black darkness has been reserved. We know a number of places hell is described as outer darkness. These people are going to the very dark place. Their punishment is sure. As I say, it wasn't really my pleasure to talk about those things tonight. I don't know how we can take any pleasure in that. We can only take some solace that God recognized that at some point, some folks, or maybe all folks at some time, need to know these things so that we just stay away from these things that are so contrary to the gospel. Where the gospel is hope and faith and trust and love and joy and peace, these people are worthless, disappointing, sinful, exploitative, and headed to the black darkness. And so the only thing we can possibly say is, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go anywhere that departs from Christ in any way. 
because this might be the end result. And to let us know how serious the matter this is, as you note, we're not at the end of the chapter yet, are we? There's some more. And so these in the middle here of Second Peter 2, just bleak words. But that is the life without Christ. That is the life without hope. That is the life of sin and condemnation. And in Christ, we can find the exact opposite when we flee to him for rest and find him to be that shelter and shade in a, in a weary land. We can find him a rock and a refuge. We can find him to be in every respect the opposite of this. So let us flee to Christ knowing that this is the other side. With that, we close. Ask if you need to come confessing uh, Christ to escape the errors and punishment and guilt of sin in this world. Or if you need to come back to him, we offer the invitation as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.